Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is about simulation theory, Shemitah, numerology, and a lot of the things that are happening on the planet right now. So, I really enjoyed doing this uh, podcast. I hope you enjoy it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's no secret that I'm into astrology and the secret is out. So, Ephemeris, who creates astrological talismans of your birth chart, um, reached out to me and they are sending me a little talisman, which is a necklace, uh, black and silver, with a little engraving on it that says the kingdom of heaven is within you. And um, what you need to make the talisman is the date, time, and location of your birth. If you don't have your birth, that's not a problem. You can still create an accurate abbreviated chart. Um, The charts come in black and silver, black and gold, and black and rose gold. They're made in the United States. Over 17,000 orders have been placed on Ephemeris. To go to Ephemeris and order your talisman, go to www.ephemeris.com. That's www.ephemeris.com. Check them out. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy, and today I wanted to talk about a few things and try and tie them together as best as I could. One is simulation theory. The other is uh, Shemitah, which is a Hebrew holiday, which I believe we've been celebrating which started, I believe, last September and ends this September on the 24th or 25th. Um, I'm going to talk about that. And I also wanted to talk about why simulation theory is very interesting and how it's not like a new concept or anything. Um, And um, I woke up and I was thinking about that this morning. And then I was thinking about the Shemitah and I was thinking about like, you know, what others would perceive as coincidences, which I uh, perceive as um, messages or um, I I don't remember who said it, that I heard it, but it like resonated with me. And it was um, uh, coincidences are merely God smiling down upon you. So that's basically saying uh, when when you're like you know, you have you know deja vu coincidences, you're seeing uh, you know constant numbers. Maybe it's eleven eleven, or you're seeing double digits all the time, or um, whatever. Those for me, um, which I was already thinking about it before I had heard that eloquent statement coincidences are merely God smiling down upon you. I was already thinking that for for years I've been thinking that or like thinking about people that you haven't thought about in a while and then all of a sudden they text you or call you or you run into them. Um, And this has been happening to me now for the better part of about 12 years. Um, I started having psychic dreams while I was incarcerated um, about 
22 years ago. And um, no, maybe it was like 23 years ago. And uh, <clears throat> literal psychic dreams, things happening. Um, uh, you know, I would dream about situations or people and, and they would they would come up. Um, one, one example was, um, I, shit, it was probably like I'd been locked up for about, oh, I don't know, five years at this point. And I had this dream that, uh, so when I was locked up, I wound up in the end, uh, going to Native American services, which was no easy feat because um, to a lot of people, I look like a straight white boy, even though I'm not a straight white boy. My grandmother was legitimately born on the Sac and Fock Muskoki Indian Reservation in Tama, Iowa. And um, my mother's grandmother was from the Canary Islands, and, you know, she's mulatto. You know, she looks like she's half black. Um, and, you know, the other side of my family is Irish and uh, Norwegian, I believe. Um, at least that's where I think the last name Lifsey comes from is Norway. Um, but so I basically had to fight my way into uh, being able to go to Native American services because um, I did kick it with the white boys for a while while I was in jail. And, um, you know, I did what I had to do to survive. And, uh, in the end, um, I had a lot of friends that were, um, you know, Mexican gangsters and, uh, Southsiders that, um, had, you know, seen me put in work or, um, you know, I had been involved in kicking off riots with them or whatever. And, um, they had my back and a lot of those guys were in, um, the native services because, you know, they were Mexica or Tarasco or, um, Chiapas or, uh, Yaqui or, or any number of, of, you know, the, the, um, Mexican, Central American or South American Indians. <coughs> And that's why they went there. Um, but um, so I started going to Native Services, and I was the only uh, what they would call white boy uh, allowed over there. And um, and any other white guys that um, tried to join, I had to let them know that they weren't welcome there. And if shit got crazy, I had to handle that. Um, and I had to warn two white guys yeah you're you're not allowed to come up there and um shit almost got ugly because of that um but uh the reason why i'm bringing this up is is uh i grew up in a christian household and uh i spent a lot of time as a child going to you know bible sunday school and bible school and you know, summer camp and, 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 you know, a lot of time as a child going to the church. Um, and <clears throat> some of it was enjoyable, but I remember a lot of the stories. I remember, you know, all the grandmothers being nice and kind and cookies and us doing art projects and things like that. Um, but 
that um, was like a foundation for a lot of the things that I now I'm trying to put into perspective, like the millennial reign of Christ and a lot of these other spiritual teachings, because I believe the Bible was specifically demystified on purpose to um, water it down for it to become institutional, to control the sheep, and also for it to work as a um, something that would repel um, other people that think deeper than institutional, you know, an institutionally religious mindset. Um, but I think uh, the Bible is very mystical. It's very spiritual, and it's in alignment with a lot of other biblical texts from around the world and native teachings and things like that. And, um, you know, uh, I try to tie a lot of that stuff together and, and some of the things that I talk about, uh, for me, um, the native, uh, the sweat lodges, the, you know, the tobacco ceremonies, the, the, um, the medicine circles and, and the things of that nature, uh, at the point that I got involved in, which was about four and a half years into my stay in my incarceration, um, that changed my life. And what was the, the real, pinnacle of that change was the sound of the drum and the drum they say is the heartbeat and when you listen to the drum uh the drum is powerful you know it's it's an ancient tool for praying and it is the heartbeat and i felt it in my chest whenever i heard it and slowly but surely i learned you know multiple native songs um Probably at a certain point, I probably knew about 35, 40 different songs. Now I probably know about 20 different songs because uh, it's been years. I, I don't get to do it as often <clears throat> as I used to. And also my spiritual practices have have progressed. They've changed. and um, But I've never forgotten where I came from. I never forgot that... You know, I grew up in a church that I also spent a decade in native services. And, um, you know, and now the better part of the last decade has been in, in meditation. And the last couple of years have been in breath work and um, just challenging my faculties and testing my comfort levels. So I never, I never forgot where I came from. The psychic dream that I had while I was incarcerated... I was in the middle of the institution on the soccer field and I was looking at the Native American services ground. And in the services, there was a big oak tree and beneath the oak tree was a sweat lodge. I was staring at this oak tree and I saw a big gray owl, a big one. It was like two feet tall in the tree. And then I came back to myself in that dream and I was in the middle of a doorway 
in the trade line, which is where we went to school in um, in uh, in youth training school, Hammond G. Stark Youth Training School in, in Chino, California, YTS, Gladiator School. Um, but the trade school wasn't near the soccer field, but in this dream, the trade school was where the soccer field was facing the Native American grounds. And I turned to my right and this teacher whom I hadn't seen in at least 16 to 18 months, his name was Tom Hoffman, was sitting there and I said, oh my God, Mr. Hoffman, there's a, there's a big gray owl out, outside and it was during the daytime. It wasn't at night, it was during the day. And he goes, what, let me see. And he walks over to the door and he like, for some reason, I see him stand in this chair. And as I look up, he rubs his face through the feathers of the owl. The owl is now above the doorway in the trade school. And he rubs his face through the feathers of the owl and moves his head back and goes, oh my God. It was so weird. And then the owl flew from a bucket or from from the top of the doorway into a five-gallon bucket. The lid fell on top. Dust came out, like white dust came out. And then my sister, Jamie, appeared in the dream, opens the bucket, pulls the owl out, which is now a parrot, and she runs outside and sprays it off with a hose. So weird, right? Well, that's not the weird part. So keep in mind that I hadn't seen this teacher in 16 to 18 months. Hadn't been in his class for that long. I go to trade line the next morning after I wake up from this dream. And and I'm like blown away by this dream. And I immediately want to talk to one of my spiritual elders. And um, I remember this Mexican staff member. I don't remember his name, but he was a cool dude. I told him about the dream, and then when I told him about the owl, because in Mexico the owl is symbolic, he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I'll try and get a hold of, see, keep in mind, towards the end of my stay, I had it good, I was doing art projects for staff members, staff members were bringing me tattoo ink, they were bringing me cigarettes, candy, whatever the fuck I wanted, because I was drawing their family members, and I was allowed a lot of extra shit towards the end of my stay. This this was towards kind of the end of my stay. This was five years in. So I had it good at that point. I was no longer having to get involved in riots and fighting all the time. I was I was on chill mode. I was tattooing a lot. I was doing whatever the fuck I wanted, basically. <clears throat> so I wind up going to trade school that day. I'm sitting in class, in this art class that I was in, and all of a sudden the teacher gets a phone call and then he's like, Hey Jeremy, come here. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, he's like really weird. Thomas Hoffman is next door. And he, I guess he knows you're in my class and he wants you to go over and talk to him. I'm like, what are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I literally had a dream about this dude last night. And he's like, yeah, well he wants to see you. Hands me the slip and I walk next door. And I walk in and I was like, oh my God, Hoffman, I can't believe you just contacted me today. I literally had this dream about you last night. It was crazy. And I was trying to tell him about the dream. And he's like, yeah, 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 sit down. I wanted to show you something. He said it like we had just saw each other two days ago or something when I hadn't seen the guy in 18 months. He didn't care about the dream. He wanted to show me this chapter in this book. The book was about the Black Plague. 
And in that book was a passage from the Bible. Now, I don't remember which passage it was. I think maybe it might have been Job or something. I don't know. The guy that you know goes through all the suffering. He loses all of his family. And in the book, it talked about how... <clears throat> you know, famines and plagues and all this would happen and your entire family members, everybody that you know and love will die, but you will survive. And he looks at me and he goes, what do you think about that? And I go, I don't fucking know, just some dark Christian shit. I, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, I, just, I thought it was really interesting and it made me think of you. And we talked for a few minutes and I left. This dream and that series of event have haunted me to this day. And I don't know if that's already played out or if it's going to play out in the future. But I do know that after the pandemic happened, what uh, I lost a lot of people to specific you know, schools of thought and ways of thinking, ways that I don't, I don't think like them. And um, and a lot of people have distanced themselves from me and I have distanced myself from a lot of people because of that. Um, I love everyone. I, I want nothing but the best for all of them. But um, they think that the way that I think is dangerous and I think the way they think is dangerous. So we're at a standstill. <clears throat> but here we are. Uh, that was one of my first psychic dreams. Um, and I had, you know, a few others, you know, over the years after that. Um, but, uh, 12 years ago, I got into meditation and, and, you know, going to like these 10 day silent Vipassana meditation retreats, which I'm having a hard time trying to go back now because they want vaccine passports and they want you to wear a mask during meditation and all this crazy leftist bullshit that they're into for whatever reason. has nothing to do with meditation and everything to do with political ideologies in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I was able to go to multiple of those um, meditation retreats and it changed my life. And it was one of the hardest thing I ever had to do. It was harder than being incarcerated, in fact. You know, sitting there in 10 days of silence was harder than sitting in a prison cell for 10 days because you can't talk, you can't read, you can't write. You don't get to distract your mind. Your whole thing is to face your mind for 10 days straight. No reading, no writing, no talking, no computers, no iPhones. You face your mind. Your mind is the monster. And what you begin to understand, or what I began to understand was that even though it was my mind, that my mind had its own agenda and that my mind didn't actually belong to me to a certain extent, that my mind was controlling me and that it was up to my higher self, my spirit to control my mind. And then eventually I got into things like think with your heart, feel with your mind. And um, I don't know, it was about... Three, four years ago when I wrote um, I wrote this thing online after, you know, coming out of like an hour and a half of meditation, I wrote, if you go within, you never go without. And people who meditate or people who go inside, they understand what that statement means. If you go within, you never go without. During the last decade, I have had 
multiple synchronicities happen. Multiple people I think about that I haven't seen in a long time reaching out, constant numbers, visualizing things that I want to happen, them happening, uh, girls that I had crushes on that I would think about and and you know that you know in the past they weren't you know they weren't interested all of a sudden they're interested in me just all kinds of crazy things like through mind over matter and you know visual meditations as well as just random things right and then i start to hear about synchronicity or um simulation theory a while back it was like three four years ago and i was like well if we are in a simulation it's a biological simulation it's you know it's it's not like i don't know it's not like we're living at least in my knowledge we're not living in like some computer simulation this and that but I don't know because the rabbit hole goes deeper. Someone had brought up to my mind the other day um, that, and I've thought about this multiple times over the years um, because I've, I've always been into architecture. I don't want to say always, but particularly the last seven, eight years I've been into like sacred architecture and, and, and I, you know, natural law and things like that. So my whole thing is like a, assessing like situations or, you know, civilizations or, or schools of thought or, you know, the psychology as well as the patterns of construction or anything like that of whatever the topic at hand is that I'm into. And, I, you know, I'd thought multiple times, damn, the cities do look like motherboards in a computer and damn, the pyramids and a lot of these sacred structures, when you look at it from an aerial perspective, they look like a motherboard. Even the ancient sites look like a motherboard. And if that's the case, are we living in a massive computer? Is this a massive computer? And if that's the case... Is this a massive simulation within that computer? I don't know. Just something I thought was really interesting. Um, And then I thought about like numerology and what numerology really is. And I've, I've done podcasts on numerology and um, I'm just going to do just like a, couple of brief things okay so you have one through nine so one two three four five six seven eight nine these numbers in numerology count zeros count but they don't it's really weird every number has a specific vibration and if you look at a lot of the numbers they're shaped in specific ways relating to those vibrations believe it or not um so eleven 22 and 33 also count. Some people say 44, 55, and 66 count as well. Um, At any rate, to my knowledge, double digits anywhere are a phenomenon within numerology and they always represent something, right? it, It heightens the resonance of that number and the vibration of that number and the meaning of that number. 
But 11, 22, and 33 are 11 is the master of intuition, which is why 11, 11, everybody says make a wish because your intuition is heightened. You are noticing this, this, uh, this synchronicity in consciousness and you're, so you make a wish. 22 is the master builder number. A lot of you people don't know this, but 2020 was actually 22, the master builder number, which is why they are trying to rebuild civilization under the guise of a pandemic and world war and all this other crap that they're throwing out on us right now. Um, 2020 also represents perfect vision. You have 2020 vision. Um, I said it numerous times in 2019, 2020's coming. The world will see something on a global level because 2020 relates to the vision. So, boom. Uh, 33, which is my life path number. If, if you guys want to know how to do your life path, you add up the day you were born to the month you were born to the year you were born. Mine is... 1, January 1, 9th, 1976. And you add each number, 1 plus 9 plus 1 plus 9 plus 7 plus 6 equals 33. I'm a life path 33. That's the master teacher number, which I also to refer to as the master student number. And um, somebody was talking to me last night, like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just watching these videos before bed. And like, oh, what do you, I would not be able to sleep, this and that. I was like, well, my mind is crazy. In the morning, which is now, um, I'm able to share information. At night, I retain it. That's when I do a lot of my, like my deep dives and I'm, I study things. Like last night, I was watching videos on how to uh, field prep a uh, a deer or a boar or a bear basically how to butcher it on the field i was wanted to learn how to do that um so anyhow the master teacher number well you guys can just look into that stuff um but numerology is very fascinating because i'm constantly getting these synchronicities of numerology, whether it's in time, dates, addresses, phone numbers, I'm seeing the synchronicities, God smiling down upon me. And I have a lot of friends that are involved in those synchronicities, right? Um, a lot of ancient, um, a lot of ancient philosophy and man, they talked about uh, somewhat of assimilation theory, whether it was Hindu, uh, Buddhist, Taoist, um, the Romans. The, the Romans had the allegory of the cave, Pluto's allegory of the cave, where, you know, I don't remember it exactly, but you're stuck in a cave and you're watching shadows on the wall for years and that becomes your reality. Well, we're watching this play out today where... You know, a lot of people grew up in the country hunting and farming and things like that. And that, so they have an understanding of natural law. They understand that if the seeds don't get planted, we don't eat. They understand 
that oh the the hunted meat is better than the factory farmed meat it's healthier i can catch my own food i can hunt for my family right um whereas a lot of people in the city they they just have no concept of any of that shit because they've spent their life on their couch in front of a television going to these indoctrination camp schools and and just kind of they don't really have a grasp on where their food comes from. They just know that it's there all the time. They can go to fucking 7-Eleven and get a bag of Doritos and eat it. And and lo and behold, you look at where the biggest problems lie in society. It's in the cities. It's where all the mental illness is. It's where all the gun violence is. It's where all the taxes are. It's where all the crazy laws are being passed. There's riots, they're burning shit down. There's this gay and trans movement indoctrinating children, which is opening a doorway for pedophilia and pedophile governments. And I'm not saying all gays and trans are pedophiles. In fact, there's a great group out there right now called Gays Against Groomers. That's Gays Against Groomers that have a lot of these trans people, gays, lesbians speaking out against a lot of the LGTB movement for a lot of like the drag queen story hour and all this this minor attracted person shit that they're pushing because like I said a long time ago this isn't an organic movement spawned by gays it's a leftist movement that has been taken over by the government and is now being utilized to use the gays to push their pedophile agenda right so anyways um the problems are happening in the cities in the most toxic parts of these motherboards right in the most toxic highly you know active parts of the so-called simulation well then another thing occurred to me we are electromagnetic beings we are transmitters i mean shit you 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 want to like perfect part of the simulation theory go into uh the movie the matrix right where you can choose the red pill which you'll know the truth you'll see how far the rabbit hole goes or the blue pill and you'll wake up like nothing ever happened and really weird the red is the areas where all the farming happens and, you know, I'm just breaking it down politically. <clears throat> Again, I'm not a registered voter, so I, I have no ties to either party. I do lean. I, I, I don't even want to say lean. I do relate a little bit more to the um, mindset of the Republicans, but I also grew up in a city, and I understand a lot of the 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 classic Democrat ideologies as well because they used to be the conspiracy theorists. Uh, for, for some reason now, they're the government's, the, the government's number one fans. But so you have the blue pill and the red pill. The blue is the left and the red is the right. Um, and um, <clears throat> that's simulation theory, right? But even in further in the matrix... People's bodies are in this, this, this fluid and they're basically using our bodies as batteries to, to power these cities. 
which if you think about the way things are now, that's not a far-fetched idea. Like, it, the city requires our energy, our time, our efforts, and and our consciousness on in all types of ways. Like, they, they, they're, they're even feeding off our emotions, right? Like, you can't keep this city lifestyle going without people being in a constant state of fear and anxiety, right? But when you get out of the city and you garden and you farm, you start to see the true amount of abundance this earth will provide for you, provided that natural disasters don't take over and ruin your crop or your harvest. But, you know, after living in Hawaii and the Pacific Northwest, it's the the vegetation in those areas, it's nonstop. Like, you know, it's just growing constantly, right? There's there's an abundance of deer and in 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 the Northwest and in, in Hawaii, it's just an abundance of wild boars, right? The earth is an ever abundant, ever flowing harvest for humanity this lack of mentality is spawned on by the people in the cities because that's where the climate change agenda is the hardest and the overpopulation agenda is pushed the hardest it's it's easy to feel that way when you live in a sick city that's overpopulated and you live in a sick city where there's no nature you're going to think the world is being destroyed that the whole entire world is a city it's not 70% of this country, and I speak from experience, and and people can say whatever the fuck they want, Uh, for the last 11 months, I've been in 16 cities, and I've been in Mexico. 70% or more of this country is open space. There's nothing there but a few houses. Travel the fucking country. Fly in a plane and look down. 70% of what you're looking at or more is empty space. I see that space as able to be utilized for either farming, for uh, rain catchment, water catchment, uh, or warehouse uh, hydroponic farming. Like it could be utilized. We have an ever abundant source, but the lack of stimulates fear and puts a small group of people in power and they're able to control people. They're able to control that part of the simulation, right? Um, I don't know a lot about the Shemitah. I do know that for that year, you're supposed to stop farming and stop working and stop this and stop that. Well, I think it's really weird that for the last year, the government, and again, it started in September last year, the end of September. They've been destroying food processing plants. They are now attacking farmers in Canada and Europe and in America. They've been been attacking farmers. Who am I kidding? But this year in particular... During a food shortage, they are attacking the farmers in unprecedented numbers. Again, trying to control a perceived simulation. If that's what we're in, I'm not saying we are. 
I think it's really bizarre that the world does look like a motherboard and that we are electromagnetic beings and that we can tap into different parts of the simulation. So Shemitah is supposed to end, to my knowledge, this on September 24th this month. So I don't know, just some uh, interesting things for us to think about. And um, if you guys haven't listened to my podcast on numerology, it was my seventh podcast. It's episode seven. I would encourage you guys to listen to that. Breaks down a lot of numerology stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to put my um, email in in the link of this episode. And if anybody wants me to, you know, maybe do an episode on something in the future, um, maybe I don't know about it or, you know, a a lot of times if I don't like know a lot about something, I'll go and I'll research thoroughly. Sometimes I just spitball my own perspective on things. Um, Oh, the Shemitah again, I think I said this already. It's, it's, it's a Jewish holiday. It's a Hebrew holiday. Uh, which uh, I I find really weird because I know a lot of the elites at the top are into Kabbalah, and and the the, the darker sides of the occult and and you know all of our you know holidays in this country and around the world um, you know we celebrate for the good these people at the so- the top it's their evil celebrations and sacrificial holidays so um, yeah really weird you know. Just something for you guys to think about. During the Shemitah, you're not supposed to farm for that entire year. And there's other things um, involved in the Shemitah. I don't know a lot about it. I just had heard about it and thought it was really weird. I'm probably going to do a little bit more research on it now. Um, maybe I'll talk about it again in the next episode. But I'm going to put put my email in. If anybody wants to reach out to me on email or they want to be a guest or they want me to talk about something, Um you can reach out to me by email. I don't check my email all the time, uh, but I do check it at least once a week, I think. So sometimes more. But anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Um, There's a bunch of crazy stuff happening right now around the world. Um, uh, The railways were supposed to shut down uh, this Friday, which would have been a real bummer for all of us for amazon for you know shipping goods and merchandise and you know inflation would have increased exponentially um to my knowledge i just heard a couple hours ago they they had a resolution um uh, unfortunately in europe in the eu uh they uh are facing i think it what is it a thousand percent hike in electricity costs they are trying to destroy the farms out there, but with their climate change agenda. Um, anytime the government pushes laws on us, and we can just see this by what they did during the pandemic, there's not one thing the government suggested us to do or mandated that we do that helped the pandemic. All it did was destroy our economy, make people sicker, 
force vaccinations, leave people in a constant state of fear. Now people have mental illnesses everywhere. Children are now, there's this new thing called myocarditis for children. Yeah, you fucking vaccinated children and now they're getting, they're fucking having strokes and heart attacks. That's what happens when you stick solutions inside their bodies that cause blood clots and lung issues. Okay. We've got, um, over the years, I believe the numbers were 30 people a year that, you know, had a heart attack or a stroke on the field as athletes that would fall over and die. Well, in the last year, over 700 athletes, professional athletes have fallen over and died because of heart attacks or strokes on the field. Wow. What's came out in the last year? Is it vaccines? Oh my God. Uh, morticians are now coming out, uh, pulling things out of people's body when they drain the blood. These massive plastic-like clumps in the blood. They're pulling them out and they're sticking it in jars, in mason jars, to show you that that people are having these massive clots in their blood and all these people have been vaccinated. Uh, The CDC just released something saying that over 33%, they always use 33, to 40% of the people in the hospitals right now for COVID are all vaccinated. The conspiracy theorists have been talking about this for over a year. Wow, conspiracy theorists are batting a thousand again. Imagine that. Um, All this crazy stuff is happening all over the planet. All the truth is coming out. Great, awesome. A lot of times, I think they release the truth not because they're going to change it, but because they're like serial killers rubbing things in our faces, saying, yeah, hey, you guys are all right about this. We're going to just keep torturing you and doing this horrible stuff to you, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's designed to make you feel like you're powerless, but we're not powerless. We're not hopeless, and it doesn't matter if civilization as a whole changes. Good. We need this shit show to change. It's not healthy. It's not sustainable. It's not the way we're supposed to be living as human beings. And I get it. You have families. You have this. You have that. Unfortunately, guys, growth happens through the struggle. Growth happens through the turmoil. When the dust settles, we find a better, healthier, more uh, natural way of doing things. And it's unfortunate before that, you know, we got to go through trials and tribulations But what does not kill us makes us stronger. That's a fact. So there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. You know, my suggestion through all this stuff is to focus on the mind, the body, and the spirit. Get involved in spiritual practices, breathing exercises, um, exercising, eating healthy, you you know, coming together with your fellow man and woman and and just you know being a good person gardening getting out into nature things like that that is going to help you keep your head screwed on straight um things are going to get weird like i talked about in in the podcast you know a while back you know according to the ethiopian calendar 2020 was actually 2012 So we're in 2014 right now. And according to the Mayan calendar, 2012 was the end of of an era. Well, it makes a lot of sense that 2012 happened in 2020 instead of the actual 2012. Again, we're in multiple timelines. And in all these timelines, these numbers have different values and vibrations. We're in multiple simulations, if you believe that. 
And in all these different simulations, numbers have different values. And, uh, and even in the matrix, they were using numerology. Remember the, 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 the binary code in the back of that? <clears throat> Anyways, guys, mind, body, spirit, love, healing, truth, we out.